it's been one of those days. Uh, I am in Chicago today, and the time change has gotten me a little uh, turned around. Um, so I have been watching my computer clock like crazy because it's set to, to home time uh, and, and realizing I might need a little tutorial on this whole time zone thing. So uh, welcome. I'm glad you're here. And today we're going to be talking about um, there is a, a principle that John Maxwell talks about often. It's called the exchange principle. So when we're talking about having uh, positive interactions with other people, so this can be either at work or in your home or in your community, uh, I often think about this principle. So really in you know the plainest English that I can say, the exchange principle, his, his catchphrase that he often uses is, instead of putting others in their place, put yourself in their place. So it's it's putting yourself in the other person's shoes in their um you know whatever they're they're going through so that you can understand and have a little more empathy and compassion. Um I love this one too. Sometimes when you give someone a piece of your mind, you lose your own peace of mind. Man, I find that to be so true, especially for myself. Um, this is an area that I've been working on for, for a long time. Um, those of you who have heard me talk about the DISC profile, D-I-S-C, that, that C-type personality is the person who loves to learn, loves to research, um, just loves to know things, right? And they have uh, an urge to share with the world uh, the things that they know. Right. So they're often the people who are correcting your your grammar or your mistakes on Facebook. Um, they uh, freely give advice because they think that they are helping the world. So when they're sharing their peace of mind, um, what they realize or some of them never realize is that at some point you're going to lose your peace because sharing your, this kind of information and the way you do it affects the other person and eventually they don't want to spend time with you. Okay, so we're going to talk today about um, this principle and get your pens ready because you're going to want to take notes on this one today, okay? All right, so really we want to know, are you looking at things from the other person's point of view? Now this is something that you can do in the moment. Uh, I also find that for those people who are able to do this ahead of time, it's really helpful. So what does that mean? Um, that means if you're going to go into, let's say, a staff meeting and you're going to be working with your employees, you want to think about, okay, what have they just gone through to get themselves into this meeting, right? Um, where are they at right now in their thinking? Uh, maybe in their life, right? Or let's say you're going to do uh, a meeting with an employee and give them feedback. Same thing applies. Have you thought through where they could possibly be at right now and how that might affect what you're going to say and how you're going to say it? And I'm not saying that you're going to change um, your feedback, 
you just want to understand where are they at right now and how can I serve them best in this moment, even if maybe you have to do something difficult, you know, giving difficult feedback. Okay. All right. So success can bring many things, right? Power, privilege, fame, wealth, depending on your idea of success. But no matter what else it brings, success brings options. And how we use those options really reveals our character, okay? Wealthy people can use their resources to benefit others or only themselves, right? Famous people can use their, their notoriety to, to model good character or to selfishly serve themselves. And leaders can make decisions that affect others positively or negatively. It's all up to us. So at the heart of the matter is whether people desire to use their power to put others in their place or to put themselves in others' place, okay? Um, I, I love this from George Washington Carver. Uh, he said, how far you go in life depends on your being tender with the young, compassionate, with the aged, sympathetic with the striving, and tolerant of the weak and strong, because someday in life you will have been all of these. Isn't that cool? How far you go in life depends on how you treat others. Now, our treatment of others results from our perspective of them, right? The problem is that seeing things from another person's point of view doesn't come naturally to everybody. Okay, it doesn't come naturally. And I'm gonna guess that there's at least one or maybe two people on this line who, yeah, it does come a little bit more naturally. And you're like, why are we even talking about this? Because I'm talking to everybody else, okay? Um, it doesn't necessarily come naturally to put other people first, all right? So here's a few things that, that I've learned. Um, we naturally do not see ourselves and others from the same perspective. It's got to be something that you are working on and that you're aware of, okay? So for those people who don't do this, who are constantly giving you a piece of their mind, that's a big clue that they are less aware. People naturally see themselves in the light of their intentions, but they measure others according to their actions. Okay. Or Henry Wadsworth Longfellow said it like this. We judge other, we judge ourselves by what we feel capable of doing while others judge us by what we have already done. So we naturally try to see ourselves in the most positive light, right? And that's okay. As long as we're being honest with ourselves, but we really ought to give others the same benefit of the doubt that we give ourselves, right? I hope you agree with me. So when we fail to see things from the perspective of others, we're going to fail in our relationships. Because much of the conflict that we experience in relationships really comes from our failure to see things from the other person's perspective. Um, and, and I love this joke that John shared in, in his book, um, Winning with People. So I want to share this with you. A man in a hot air balloon realized he was lost. 
he reduced altitude and spotted a woman below. He descended a bit more and shouted, Excuse me, can you help me? I promised a friend I would meet him an hour ago, but I don't know where I am. The woman below replied, Well, you're in a hot air balloon hovering approximately 30 feet above the ground. You're between 40 and 41 degrees north latitude and between 59 and 60 degrees west longitude. <laughs> the balloonist said, you must be an engineer. And the woman replied, I am. How did you know? And he said, well, everything you told me is technically correct, but I have no idea what to make of your information. And the fact is, I'm still lost. Frankly, you've not been much help at all. If anything, you've delayed my trip. The woman responded, well, you must be in management. And the balloonist said, I am. How did you know? And she said, well, you don't know where you are or where you're going. You have risen to where you are due to a large quantity of hot air. You made a promise, which you've had no idea how to keep, and you expect people beneath you to solve your problems. The fact is, you were in exactly the same position you were in before we met, but now somehow you've managed to make it my fault. Oh, I love that. It's a great example of how we look at other people, isn't it? How often have you found yourself in conflict with another person because you see things one way and they see it another? I'd venture to say for most of it, it's probably every day. I mean, think about it. If you're married, don't you continually face potential conflict because of the way just men and women naturally see things differently? Right. We've talked a lot about personality styles. Um, there are many different ways to see things from a, a different personality style perspective. Right. Yeah, I think that uh, if people made the effort to see things from somebody else's point of view, that 80 percent of our relational conflict would just disappear. So how do you make the exchange? So how, how do you do this? Well, the, there's um, four tips that I'm going to share with you. So the first thing is leave your place and visit their place. Okay, leave your place and visit their place. So the first thing really, um, maybe a, a pre-tip, is to understand that you have a place or a perspective and someone else has one as well. Okay, that just having that awareness is going to be helpful. And then the next step is really leaving your place and visiting their place, like trying to really think about it from their perspective. So um, there was a gentleman who was talking about uh, whenever he wants to win in a chess game, he says, I love playing chess. Whenever I'm losing at chess, I consistently get up and stand behind my opponent and see the board from his side. Then I start to discover the stupid moves I've made because I can see it from his viewpoint. Think about that. You have to have the awareness that we're looking at the board in a different way, a different perspective, right? And then you have to get up and move yourself in some way. So sometimes this is just stepping back and thinking about it, right? And he views the chessboard. And then I think the last part is really key here. He has that aha moment where he says, ah, this is the stupid move I just made. Okay, so he didn't justify his moves. He just said, huh, this is the goal I want to get to. And if that's the case, I got to change this one thing that I just did. 
Okay. So for example, um, when you're having a conversation with somebody, um, like I often have with my husband and you, you realize that you're almost speaking in two different languages. Does this ever happen to you? Yeah. So you realize, uh-huh, we're both talking, but we're not necessarily connecting on what this thing is. So I often try to just step back and say, okay, what has just happened in him? So um, sometimes uh, when we're talking on the phone, when he's coming home from work and he might be a little on edge and I have to step back and go, okay, wait a minute. It sounds to me, obviously I'm not saying this out loud. I'm just telling you my thinking here, but I, I it sounds to me like he might be a little stressed from this afternoon from work. And so, um, right now might not be the best time to bring up this thing that for whatever reason causes him stress. So let's back off of that thing and, you know, just ask him a little bit more about his day and try to help him so that when he gets home, he's ready to have this conversation. Okay. And I know he does that for me too. Um, there are times in, in my work and in my life, um, especially that after school time, you know, the three to five hour when there's just a lot going on, you're trying to get kids home and, and homework done and chores done. And, um, usually that's when I have a lot of emails that are kind of coming in for the day. Uh, and then I'm trying to get ready for whatever's happening in the evening. And so there's a lot happening, right? And there have been times when my husband will call and he'll say, Hey man, we got to talk about this thing. And I realize, like, Whoa, I don't have the headspace to talk about this thing. Right now I have learned over time that my husband doesn't necessarily understand the things that we're talking about today. Okay. Um, he's not aware of differing perspectives. He still kind of has the belief that everybody should think like him. I am not throwing him under the bus. I'm not saying he's right or wrong, good or bad. I'm just saying that is current reality. Okay. So uh, up until now, that's how it's been right now for me, when I'm in those stressed times and he's trying to talk to me about it, it's my responsibility to say, Hey, listen, um, this is not okay right now because this is where I'm at. And over time he under has understood that there are certain times when he can't have you know, like money conversations, right? Because he understands from my point of view that it's not good. Still wants to, but he understands a little bit more. Does that make sense? So when you understand the other person's viewpoint, understand what he's trying to do, nine times out of 10, he is really trying to do it right. You know, um, lots of conflict arise when two people are looking at a situation in a different perspective and each one is just as equally right. Okay, so my encouragement to you today is that when a conflict arises or something just feels a little weird, um, step back and try to see it from that other person's point of view. And I bet you're going to find, ah, that makes more sense. Now, how about politics, right? Okay, we won't stay here too long, but it's a great example. When somebody says something, you know, on the TV or in the newspaper or on a radio station or something, 
uh, and you're like, hey, wait a minute. No, that that's that's not right. Right. One thing that I try to do over time, instead of saying that's not right or I don't don't agree, I try to understand what led them to that decision. So I, I had a dear friend in college, and uh, it, it really struck me that she had certain political views. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that you would think that. And when I took a step back, I realized, wait a minute, with the family that she grew up in, the, the life situations that she had, the schools that she went to, and her early experiences, no wonder she thinks that way, right? And and from there, from that thought process, just a hop, skip, and a jump to, okay, I get it. I get why you think that way. I don't have to agree with it, but I get it, right? So you can still honor, value, and respect that person, even if you don't agree with them, okay? So So number two tip is really acknowledge that the other person has a valid viewpoint. Okay, people's belief systems and their personal experiences are diverse and complex. And even if you do work to see things from another person's point of view, there's going to be differences of opinion. And it's okay. So my viewpoint isn't right just because it's mine. And your viewpoint isn't right just because it's yours. If I work to find the legitimacy of another person's point of view, it's going to stretch my thinking. Okay. Um, Oliver Wendell Holmes said this, once a mind has been stretched by a new idea, it never returns to its original shape. I love that. Okay. So this is your practice to see another person's point of view. Tip number three, check your attitude. Okay. So when you're doing this, attitude is huge. It's always easy to see both sides of an issue that you're not particularly concerned about, right? Maybe you've had two staff members who are having an issue and they come to you and you know they're telling you about their, their conflict and you're like, seriously, this is not a big deal, right? So you help walk them through it and you're like, okay, well, I, you think this and you think this and what can we do, right? And you realize after they leave, like, it didn't really matter to you one way or the other what they did because you're not that emotionally involved, right? But what do you do when you are? Yeah, it comes a lot harder when you're, you have a vested interest in it, right? When you're, you're often more concerned with getting your way than making a way to connect with others. So at the core of that is whether or not you're willing to change. Okay, when you don't want to change, you look for differences in other people. And when you're willing to change, you look for similarities. This is, uh, we talked about this before. Do you, want, uh, do you want the result or do you want the problem? You want the answer or do you want the problem? So when you hang on to this is how things absolutely should be done, this is the only way to do it, um, and you're not looking at it from another person's perspective, Really what you're saying is, I don't want to change. I don't want to connect. What do you think? Are there 
places, times, situations, experiences that you know this to be true about yourself? I mean, be truly honest. Yeah. So when you're having conflict and you realize you're really digging your heels in, that's a signal to you that you don't want to change. If you truly want the answer to a problem, you might have to back up, see things from a different perspective, and make a, an uncomfortable change to make it happen. Okay. When I see coaching clients and they, um, they like to come on and, and complain, this is what's going on, this is what's going on, this is what's going on, but then they don't want to do anything about it, or the thing that they want to do is pretty much the thing that they've always done, that's what they're comfortable with, they're familiar with that, they, they understand how to do that, and when we talk through options and we come up with this crazy, in their mind, idea of what to do to fix the problem because they're uncomfortable with it they've never done it they don't want to do it right they don't want to enact that change so my encouragement is to do it even when you're uncomfortable because it's going to get you to your goal otherwise you're just going to come on the line with me and just continue to complain you want the problem or you want the answer? Now, number four, this is great. Ask others what they would do in your situation. This is why it's really important to have a good, strong inner circle. So a group of people who are um, encouraging and supporting you, you want to ask them, what would they do? Because again, they're probably removed from the situation, right? And they don't have emotions attached to this at all. They don't have to know all the background information, but you can ask a, um, a mentor or a close friend or maybe a loved one who you know is on your side, right? You can ask them and say, hey, this, this just happened. What do you think? And I would highly encourage you to make sure that it's a person who is not a yes man, who's just going to say yes to you for everything but who's somebody that uh, you know can say, well, you know, I don't know if you were necessarily right in this area, okay? Um, the key to the, this exchange principle is empathy. And when you have empathy with others' points of view, it becomes much easier to connect with them, okay? Because they know that you care, right? And sometimes the easiest way to do that is to simply ask. So. You can ask a, a mentor or a friend, and you can also ask that person right there in the moment and just say, hey, listen, you know, this is, this is how I'm looking at this right now. Can you help me understand how you're looking at this, right? You really want to show them that you're caring, okay? And some of you, you have a personality style that this doesn't come off easily, so you're going to have to practice. And I, just by seeing the names on my dashboard right now, I can tell you that there's a few people, you already got this. You've got this, you're golden on this, okay? So one thing I would ask of those of you who have mastered this is to really uh, look at other people, possibly on your staff, and start teaching this. Just as we would when we work with children, 
let's say two, two um, preschoolers are having a conflict, right? So uh, we know that when two, two preschoolers are having a conflict, you kind of get down on the floor with them and you talk to them and say, oh my goodness, I see you have a problem. Um, you know, Johnny, what's going on? And you listen to Johnny and you kind of paraphrase, oh, I see, you know, this is the problem. And then Susie, you do the same thing with Susie. And then you say, you know, what can we do here? And you, you ask the two of them to share their ideas. And then you say, you know, what do you guys want to do about this? And you get them to agree on something, right? And then they go off, they make their plan. Um, and then you check back with them. Okay. Now, the same can actually be done with adults. The reason why we do it that way with preschoolers is we want to show them the thinking of how you solve the conflict. It's not just about solving that conflict and being done, because if it was, you could just swoop in and give them your idea and be done, right? We want to show them the thinking so that over time it becomes so ingrained in them that they don't need you to solve the conflict anymore. The same holds true for our staff. Adults often have not learned those skills. And so if we can show them the thinking of, hey, I totally get where you're coming from. This is where I'm coming from because of X, Y, and Z. What about you, right? Then it keys them into, again, that awareness piece that other people think differently. And just because they think differently, they're not wrong. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I found this story. I love it. It's and it's you know Mother's Day is coming up, and I thought this is a great story about perspective, awareness, and uh, it involves a mother. So listen to this story. Three sons left home to make their fortunes and did very well. One day, the three competitive brothers got back together to discuss the gifts that they were giving their elderly mother. The first said, I built a big house for mother. The second said, I got her a Mercedes with a driver. And the third said, I've got you both beat. You know how mom enjoys the Bible and you know she can't see very well. Well, I sent her a brown parrot that can recite the entire Bible. It took 20 monks in a monastery 12 years to teach him. I had to pledge to contribute $100,000 a year for 10 years for them to train him, but it was worth it. Mom just has to name the chapter and verse, and the parrot will recite it. Well, soon thereafter, their mother sent out letters of thanks. To the first son, she wrote, Milton, the house you built is so huge. I live only in one room, but I have to clean the whole house. To the second son, she wrote, Marty, I am too old to travel. I stay home all the time, so I never use the Mercedes. And the driver is so rude. And to the third son, her message was much softer. She said, Dearest Melvin, you were the only son to have the good sense to know what your mother likes. The chicken was delicious. Isn't that great? <laughs> I love that. So... All three brothers wanted to do something nice for her, but they came at it from their perspective. Now the third, you know, he thought he knew, right? But he was just a little bit off, right? If you put yourself in the place of other people instead of putting others in their place, it really changes the way that you see life and it changes the way that you live it, okay? 
So there's another story that John uses in his book, and I love this. So there was a, a couple, they were um, holding hands, they were going to go see the circus, and they had eight kids with them. And as they approached the counter, the, the ticket master quoted the price, and you could tell they didn't have the money for it. Um, they kind of hung their heads, and, and they knew they wouldn't be able to, to go into the circus. And so uh, this gentleman behind him was going to the circus with his son, and he nonchalantly let a $20 bill kind of fall on the floor. And one of the kids said, dad, dad, there's your money. And he, he reached down and, and the family, long story short, got to go into the circus. Now, that dad knew what was happening. The man behind him knew what was happening. But his whole family didn't know what, what was happening. So the family with eight children got to go into the circus Whereas the man with the, the one son wanting to go to the circus, they left and went home. And he was able to talk to his son about the importance of things in life such as this. Okay. Think about this in, in there was a connection there, right? There was empathy. There was compassion. He had put himself in the place of others. And they had done something that was way more important than just going to the circus. That's what we're talking about. Okay. All right. It is nearing our time to be done. Uh, thank you so much for showing up today. I really appreciate it. Uh, I hope you have an amazing day. This week, really try to put yourself in other people's shoes. And I mean, be intentional about it. Okay. Wherever you are, at least do this at least one time a day. Okay. Let me know how it goes and we'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye-bye.